Welcome to Level Up Academy podcast, where we explore the diverse set of skills that can be applied across various industries and professions. Each episode will deep dive into the world of transferable skills, discussing topics like communication, problem solving, critical thinking, and more. Join us as we speak with experts in different fields and share stories of individuals who have successfully transferred their skills from one industry to another. Whether you're a recent grad, a mid-career professional, or someone looking to make a career change, this podcast is for you. So sit back, relax, and let's discover how you can leverage your existing skills to excel in any industry. Welcome to Level Up Academy podcast. This is your host, Dr. Leland, a serial educator, an opportunities designer, and a compassionate leader. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our live podcast today. Today is International Women's Day, so welcome, and I'm so glad that you're here. I know we have a lot of team replay. I am also happy that that is quite happening as well. FYI, the ones that says attending, I believe the LinkedIn link somehow is not working, but I know that on my um, profile, it should show where our live is right now. So I don't know what's happening with that, but it is live on Facebook and it is also live on our YouTube channel. So I wanted to also discuss about reinvention, right? That is really why we're here. And I cannot wait for you guys to meet this special individual. We literally just known each other, not even two weeks, Uh, not even a week, really, I don't think. Uh, we had really good vibration when we had our conversation. I got to meet her um, and I have a really good positive feeling. So I will also give you a caveat that some people are asking, what is your podcast about? Why is it just now that you know you are going on live? And the reason for that is another person literally pushed me from my family and said, hey, you are because all of my podcasts on the mp3 where i have 16 distribution channels i record ahead so if i record this today with this individual it wouldn't come out until almost end of may and this is international women's day so might as well do it so i'm having that given you so when you're asking what my podcast is all about it is all about inspiring the world i know it's a big claim Shout out to my brother there, Joseph. Um, We are both trying to inspire the world, right? And basically the way I do that to inspire the world is through conversations and through individual story, right? Through collaboration. And that is why I'm a very big proponent on collaboration. Uh, Reinventing yourself takes a lot of effort, right? And sometimes you're at a loss. And I think each and every one of you in here, women, men, whoever you are, you reinvented yourself one way or another, right? From being in high school, from kindergarten to, you know, middle school, from middle school, you had to reinvent yourself through high school, from high school, you're like, oof, I'm in college, you you know, and then this is when they said, oh my God, they have a summer glow because you reinvented yourself. So when I think of reinvention, I reinvented myself a couple of times. First was obviously from student to manager, from manager back to stay a home mom. And the most difficult part of my reinvention was during when I was a stay at home mom because of the fact that I had issues with uh, not being able to go to work, right? And I couldn't get work because not because I didn't have experiences. I had a lot and plenty of experiences, 
but because that gap thing that they're seeing is a problem to most hiring managers, right? And so what do you do? You need to sit down and self-reflect yourself and said, I'm going to reinvent myself. How? Through these three things that I want to tell you and that what I want you to capture, at least three added value. The first one is define your personal brand. What does that mean? That is the first step when you reinvent yourself, right? Create a personal brand that defines what you want and what you want to be known for. And you're like, I don't want to be known for anything. Sure you do. Think about your heart, right? I'm not saying to the world. I'm saying to your to your friends, what do you want to be known for? Some of us want to be known for a giver. Uh, some of us are great connector. Some of us are really great at public speaking. Some of us are great at mentoring kids, adults, young adults. You have a talent. You have skills, mad skills, actually, that you just don't know. But before you do that, and you're going to say, CJ, how do I figure that out? Consider your strengths. Do a SWOT analysis on yourself. I highly, highly recommend it, right? What is your strengths? Just do three things. List down the three main core of your strengths. Like, what are you really, really good at? And then what are your values? What do you stand for, right? I, I stand for injustice. I do not like injustice at all, right? I don't like catty things. And then think about three things that you're passionate about as well, right? After you do your SWOT analysis, look at your passion. What are you passionate about? Are you passionate about helping people, right? And then one of the most important thing is what sets you apart from others? Each and every one of us, somehow we keep saying to ourselves, I'm different than everybody else, but yet we want to be like everybody else, right? Some of us might not want to, but deep inside you are. We're doing, you know, we're doing all of the things that you don't want to, but you are, right? Consider that. What are your unique skills, right? And what are your experiences that's only unique to you? The second step is create a plan. Once you define your personal brand, that means your values, you did your SWOT analysis, right? You want what you want to be known for. What is your passion? Once you have that down, create a plan. Create a plan on how to bring it to life. Right. This includes maybe look at your social media profile, look at your LinkedIn, look at your your Facebook. If you have any, if you have a blog, review it, see how you want it. And you're like, well, I can't commit to everyday posting. You don't just do once a week. Right. It doesn't matter. It starts from there. Create a website if you can. Right. Develop a portfolio of your work that people can see. I, I actually created a free website on my resume and I send that and I also put it on my signature. Right. A, a, a live link. Consider the platforms where you showcase your brand and develop that strategy for how you'll engage with your audience. The last step is to take action. It's important for you to take action and bring what is inside of you of that personal brand to life, right? You did all of this defining. You did all the work. You created a plan. Now what? Take action for it. Baby steps, baby steps. Remember that building a personal brand takes time and effort right? It can be a powerful tool for creating new opportunities and also achieving your goal. This is something that I want you guys to actually really look at. Because it is International Women's Day, I want you guys to look at this and see and question it, right? It's from World Economic Forum. And I want you to look at the top 10 global executive women, so you're seeing this. This is about global gender gap index from 2022. The research is coming from World Economic Forum, and I'll give you the link if you need it. 
But you're probably wondering, what are these numbers? What are these countries doing? Basically, they're saying that they took all of the executive women positions in each of these countries, and they looked at in comparison to their men of where the gap exists in terms of pay, right? An executive level, C-suite level type of um, title. Obviously, Iceland doesn't have that many people more likely, so they're definitely their number one. But in comparison to and ratio-wise from their men, they're almost like 91% in that gender gap score. So Iceland, Finland, Norway, New Zealand, Sweden, Rwanda, Nicaragua, Namibia, Ireland, and Germany. These are your top 10 countries who's doing such a fantastic job putting that gender gap closer Right. Obviously, it's not going to be 100 percent. And this is most disheartening for me to tell you. In this study, they basically said it's going to take us 132 years to fill that gap throughout the world. 132 years. My kids and myself will be dead by then. Right. Before we even see that movement. But that's not important. The most important thing is what are you doing today to make sure that our efforts our community, whatever you're doing right now for our community, immediate or otherwise, is going towards this, towards this gender gap near and dear to my heart. This is the last one that I'm going to show you before we move along. But look at these countries and their ranking, right? Philippines is number 19. United States is number 27. China is 102, Japan is 116, India, which is an emerging market, is 135, and the very last one is Afghanistan, right? And if you know anything about Maslow's hierarchy and Ledbetter's uh, research, it's basically about culture. Some cultures are very masculine still, and I'm not saying that's a good or bad thing otherwise, I'm saying if the country has masculinity at the higher level, more likely the women in there having an executive positions is highly unlikely. So we have to help our sisters bring that, right? These are your top 10 right here, right? Morocco, Qatar, Benin, Oman, Algeria, Mali, Chad, Iran, Congo, and Pakistan with Afghanistan. That's your bottom 10 right there. And these are your top 10. So I hope... Right now with International Women's Day, thank you to your sisters and your brothers who are helping you move forward our conversation and also getting that gender gap closer to where it needs to be. All right. So that is enough of that. And, and here she is. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing good today. Good, good. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here today. Welcome to International Women's Day. Thank you. Yeah. So like anything else within my podcast, I wanted to not only welcome you, but my first thing is, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and maybe go back 20 years of your life and how you got here today? Okay, so I have to go further than that because 
how I got here today was actually more like a 50 year journey um, because all my life, people have told me I had to be in boxes. They told me what I was, what I was supposed to do. And even though I know who I was, it was very hard to do that. And, and so for those who don't know my story, uh, the first thing I start off with is how my face is only a couple of years old right now. And I didn't like those boxes because one of those boxes that I always had to deal with was considered the trans box. And I knew at the age of three who I was. I knew what I was. And by the age of seven, I had to be what I knew I wasn't. Uh, and so it was difficult for the next half century because when you have family and you have society and you have schools basically telling you who you are, what you are, what you're supposed to do, that you can't be free, you can't be an open book, as it were, um, it's very hard to get through life. And so it took me that half century until something happened a few years ago and a door was opened that I didn't expect would open. And now I've become more active on LinkedIn. And it's like once, once I'm myself, I'm more engaging and meeting awesome people like you. Right. Well, welcome. And tell me a little bit like, when you actually said your face is when you when you told me that I was like, what do you mean? Right? Like, what do you mean, Susanna? You're beautiful. And you're like, you don't understand. So I wanted to see like, how did you get from where you are today since reinventing yourself two years ago? What are the kinds of goals did you set for yourself after you reinvented yourself? Well, the, the, the reinvention process just kind of happened. It was, it was unexpected for me, but part of it was, was an awareness. So once it started, I knew I became aware of what was going on. And then, then I could start making small goals of how I was going to move to the next step, whether it was going out and talking to the the ladies in Sephora as, as a starting point and becoming more involved on LinkedIn and realizing that my message is more aligned to reinvention, but there's more to reinvention than just a word. And the further I went into this, I started putting goals together of what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go. And that led me to speaking and talking a lot about moving beyond these boxes we keep getting put in. Yeah, we do have those boxes. I think you and I had a conversation um, the other day about like, I had a difficult time explaining to my children because they're half Caucasian and half Asian. And they're like, mom, do we just put white other Pacific Islander, Asian? Like, how, what, what do I do? <laughs> what do I put on those boxes, mom? And I'm like, 
how do you feel about that? And they're like, we're feeling confused. Should we just put Asian and then be done with it? I'm like, well, then now you're denying your dad's side. Like, I don't think you'd be happy about that. And they're like, well, how about we put other? And then that means it's just everything. And I'm like, sure. If that makes you feel, you know, good. And you're like, yeah. So now when they go to college, my daughter just started a job at a cafe. She has to put in like, you know, the ethnicity and she's like, other human being like literally she puts in there and it's kind of hard sometimes I think for people that really are intentional about making sure that we move beyond boxes um and I'm glad that you actually talk about that because putting your strength on something that is near and dear to your heart makes it better for you to to be intentional right how do you focus on your strengths? Like how, what, are, what do you do every day saying, Hey, I'm beyond my box. Um, it begins with waking up in the morning and just looking in the mirror and seeing that I'm my authentic self. Then, then finding those opportunities to write because writing is one of my strengths and the opportunities to speak so it's like I can write about moving beyond boxes. I can talk about reinvention and the importance of seeing what's beyond the box and not letting the fear in the box hold us back, but then also being able to speak about it. And on the speaking side, it's that ability to actually bridge people into the story because my story isn't limited to one type of person. I have dealt with imposter syndrome, so I can talk about it. I've dealt with um, being bullied, and I can talk about it. I understand differences on even even the I, I can talk race, I can talk um, language proficiency, all these boxes that we deal with because Either I have family members that are also in those boxes or I've experienced them myself. Yeah. And that is really difficult for us, right? I just, I think that it's hard for us to kind of see how do we go moving beyond boxes? Like, can you give me an experience that you actually have and making you feel like, okay, why do I need to be in this box? What are, what are the tips that you would give someone saying, hey, you are beyond your box? So that would have begun with, one of the things is, is actually starting to do posts on LinkedIn. That's the, another way of looking at the box for some people, it's the comfort zone. So when you're pushing out your comfort zone, you're moving beyond the box writing posts and being open about some of the trials that we've gone through. That's part of moving beyond the box. And then the more that's, the more I started writing and the more I started seeing this, I originally started with no more boxes as my focus. And then it's like, this world is always putting in the box. So let's look at beyond boxes and helping people to move beyond whatever that box is that they're stuck in and to see that there's more out there. And for me, part of that was as I started hearing the fear, trying to pull me back 
because there's always a grain of truth in the fear. But then when you look through the cracks of this box and you see what's really out in the world, mm-hmm. you see where the grain of truth is. But the reality is outside the box is not as bad as what we thought it was. And that's something that I've experienced immensely over this last year. As I talk with people, it's like they don't care about the background because I'm so much more than that. And this goes for everybody else. You're so much more than what you think you are. Step out and let your authentic self flow. Yeah. How can you tell me a little bit about how did you actually decide I'm going to be living my authentic self? This is me, whether you like it or not, that's it. Um, a lot of that, it really started that first day I walked into Sephora with my, my middle daughter. Uh, it's, I was, I was thinking about moving forward in the world like this. And then the pandemic happened and doors opened for me that I didn't expect. And during the pandemic, when, when we could be out in public, but we had masks, that was actually an advantage for me. That was the only advantage of the pandemic for me. Uh, because then I, I didn't have to worry about the one thing I felt held me back and I could be me. So it's like finally walking out the door. And when I interacted with people, they just, they only saw me as who I've always known I was. And it just, the doors kept opening wider and wider from there. That is so amazing. Um, What kind of new skills did you learn to help you like adapt to your changing environment? Uh, Some of those skills, it was building on being able to talk with people. That's one of the biggest is being open, engaging with people. As all my life, engaging was really difficult. It's hard to engage with people when you're always putting up walls saying, I'm afraid to let anybody know this part of me because, and and this part can be anything. It can be an imposter. It can be neurodiversity. It can be a disability. It can be anything. We spend so much energy. And so for me, it was letting those walls down and starting to engage with people and not walk into stores with blinders on and not walk into a room with blinders on and being willing to connect with people. That's so cool that you actually saying, Hey, I'm going to post this. I'm going to do this. This is my journey. Now, how do you define your mission and sending that message to your audience who can relate to your journey of reinvention? I'm talking about some people that we talked about this, right? Saying, hey, what if I'm going through a divorce right now? Sometimes our identity um, is attached to our spouse or our partner. Um, hey, I'm going through a career transition right now. I need to reinvent myself. I'm a teacher, but I really want to go back to corporate world. We had a lot of those teachers, right? Trying to reinvent themselves based on their skills rather than their title. That's why it's super important not to, to be stuck with your title because you need to reinvent yourself if need be. And it's harder when you gravitate to just that title as you as a person. So how do you basically do that from one to the other? Like what kind of skills did you learn? So being able to do that is, again, it begins with that awareness of what you want to do, where you want to go, 
And then some of those skills includes research of what, what are the steps that are going to take to get there? Uh, talking with people. So it's, it's interviewing skills in some ways of what have others done? And as you go through these steps, the probably one of the hardest things to do, but it's really helpful is being able to put yourself outside of that box to at least visualize what things look like from a different direction. Uh, I, I liken it to a scene in Kong Skull Island where the, the main characters are in the middle of a room. They're looking at this picture of Kong on the wall and yet going up to that scene. So if we, if we drove it backwards, as they step to the side, move to the side, they realize that it's not this impeding picture of Kong. It's a lot of different things. And the picture's no longer as imposing because I liken it to turning obstacles into speed bumps. You look at it from a different direction. You see things differently and you'll see the path differently. True. Janice, I wanted to highlight what she said. So breaking free from boxes is super, is so important. Uh, it's great that you are helping others, right? Um, and I also invited one of the other person that basically later on, I wanted to bring him over to talk about reinvention because he has a really cool idea of how he did himself as far as reinvention. But how do you embrace your change and accept it as part of your life? Like, hey, this is my authentic self. I'm now reinventing myself as this person. I'm moving beyond boxes. These are the skills that I did. I did some research. I went and basically talked to people and meet really cool people, right? How did you just say, I'm going to embrace this change? This is my mission. And then go from there. In my case, the embrace was, was actually easy in that it was, it's being your authentic self. And when you're your authentic self, suddenly you're not wasting energy trying to hide things and you've got the energy to do more things. And for me, it was being myself. Yes, there was some trepidation when I tell people my story. And I've been blessed that nobody's really said anything. When, when I stepped out those first times, I was scared. It, it, was, it was nerve wracking. And having people around me that are accepting of who I am and just see me as who I am, that made it a whole lot easier to embrace who I am and to just start moving forward in life. So yeah. a lot of, a lot of that is having people around you as well. that that are there to support. Support is super important. Like recently, um, I wasn't really intentional on LinkedIn. I'm way too busy going, do this and do this. And, you know, you have to really look at what is important in your life. I've been, I think, like, before I came in here, I was crying a little bit. I was like, ooh, makeup on, can't cry, CJ. Um, <laughs> when someone, I don't know if it was Stephanie. No, no. Yeah, I think it's Stephanie about, like, my grandma. My grandma is graduated third grade. Like, 
third grade, she went through so much trauma. She, you know, she saw her sister getting violated during the war, right? They had to cut her hair. They had to make her look ugly every day. They had to hide Americans underneath their house because, you know, there's always constant war, right? And that woman was never broken. You could never see her broken. She was the smartest woman I know. Like literally she had more than 3,000 followers before followership was a thing, right? She had people come in because she was a healer. She uses oils. Like, you know how essential oils like $50 for this bottle. My grandma had made oils and it really helped. She was a healer. She came, she knows all the roots and what not to eat, what to drink. I'm like, she was a pharmacist. She was, you know, she was a leader. She sold her land. They used, they had a huge land. She sold part of her land to help pay for a school that nobody is going to pay for anymore. She has kids, strangers, kids. They would just drop it off in our house. I remember. And she would put them to school. No expectations of anything back. She was that woman. And I love it so much. And I didn't think that it had so much impact on me until Stephanie brought it. I'm like, you're crying. I'm not crying. What are you talking about? Um, there's certain stories and there's certain words that you guys say, just like, oh, I just got stabbed in the heart. Um, and I was so emotional today. I was like, oh, gosh, CJ, just go. So Santa's waiting for you. Uh, if he wasn't for you, I'd be like, you know, we're just going to reschedule. I just I'm I'm feeling too emotional today um, because my grandma means a lot to me and she died without me on her side. So that I have guilt about that. And my husband keeps telling me every day. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel guilty. But I do. I can't somehow shake it. But I know that she's there. She's watching me. And I love what Kat says. I love to hear your perspective and how our view can help us grow or limit us. Guys, remember that I posted about the head? Seriously, though. Like, our head is our limitations. And I'm so glad that Susanna is such a strong person. She didn't want her fear and her experiences and her bad anything to limit her for where she needs to be. Uh, Mary Baker is here. She's like, it took me to get a moment to write. I know I'm telling you, LinkedIn is all wacko for me, but there is YouTube link that I, I got you guys. Um, I'm so amazing at women rise up and time again, right? Seriously, grandma is incredible. She is, she was, I feel like she's still there in my heart right now. Um, what a fitting conversation on International Women's Day. Glad to be here and support the conversation. That's because you're next, Paul, <laughs> for sure, right? <laughs> now, Susanna... How do you practice being authentic? Can we talk about that? What are some transferable skills that you could provide for us? Well, tra the transferable skills is leadership, problem solving. Um, for me, it, a lot of it's in my writing and my speaking and just an adaptability. I've, and, and that's when I've, I kind of had to develop my whole life was adaptability because I had to adapt to being who I wasn't. And then I had to adapt when I ended up working for my dad for 20 years. And he's the one that basically pushed me into hiding in the first place. And then time in the military as a cavalry officer. And, and so all of this stuff is like, I'm still keeping walls up and adapting to whatever the situation is and still moving forward. And, and then once I'm out once I can walk out the door and not worry about hiding anything. That's another piece of adaptability of just 
getting to the point where I'm not looking to see if anybody is staring anymore. And you're like, gorgeous. You're gorgeous. You're I, gorgeous. I'm staring because you're gorgeous. <laughs> I'm in that I never saw people stare, um, except for in the early points. There were times that I wasn't totally sure, but it's actually been much easier because so many people I've talked to, when I tell them this part of my story, they just look at me and go, really? <laughs> Are you sure about that? <laughs> I'm positive. That's what you're probably saying. Um, I love it. I love that you got your confidence in there. We definitely have an amazing community. Hounds of Business, Brilliant Media. Mary Baker is here showing up today. We're going to have to dress up, sister. And Pete, what's up? My brother from another mother here. Um, I love it. And uh, the storytelling is epic. Thanks for that, both of you. Exactly, right? Dancing is so fun, seriously. Um I used to to make money in college. I used to teach hip hop um, and it was really hilarious because now my kids are like, mom, you're just barely doing Zumba. I'm like, thanks. Appreciate it. Right. And by the time I know she's going to be calling me a senior soon, uh, for sure, because I can't see and I can't hear very well sometimes. Um, I get stares a lot. Actually, Uh, my husband's six one and five feet tall. So. And I think I'm shrinking. I'm probably 4'10 right now. I wish I was because then the DMV would give me a, a, a placard, right? <laughs> if I'm 4'10. Um, but people always stare at us because I'm like short. It used to bother me at the very beginning. And then they used to have catty comments like, oh, what a beautiful babysitter. Because my kids didn't look at me or look like me. And I'm like, aren't I a great babysitter for my own kids? Um, every time we go to the park where's your mom? And they would point at me and they're like, are you sure? They would ask. And I'm like, yes, I'm positive. Okay. And it's that it used to bother me a lot. But to me, it's like, I can't, I have to forgive people for their own limitations. Right. And excuse my bulldog. She's having some anxiety today. So she's now below me. So if you hear snoring, I'm not sleeping. It's my bulldog. Uh, I am so sorry about that. But I feel like your story, like being an officer in the military and where you're at today is incredible. You are an incredible person. I do want to, before I move forward, I want to talk about that thing behind you. Can you explain all those ribbons for me, Susanna? Oh, the ribbons? Uh, like I said, I'm a writer. So the, the plaque is actually an honorable mention for a short story I wrote. And it was the first short story that I submitted to a contest in my name. And then the big ribbon is for a manuscript that I submitted to an international fantasy book contest in 2019. And it, as a, as an unpublished book, just a manuscript, it was one of the last seven standing. It, it received a, a first in category award. And that's what that was for. And then the small one, last year I submitted a uh, a collection of personal essays to a contest and same organization. And when I got the, when I submitted, I ended up making it, that one was a first in category as well. So now I've got that collection. I got two ribbons, first place ribbons. And this year I did a whole new series of personal essays. I did five of them and they've made it to the short list. 
as did two other short stories that I wrote. So now it's a case of finding a way to self-publish as well. Yes. Besides the fact that I have a book that's supposed to come out at the end of the year. See, we're going to buy that book, right, guys? We're going to buy that book, right? Um, Paul says, your perspective on reinvention was so educational and powerful, Susanna. Your story will become someone else's survival guide. Thank you. I have a dying question. When someone is pushing you, especially a family member, it hurts us more because we put more values on what they think about us. And and really, they are our role models, especially if it's a parent, right? How did you actually survive that constant trauma for years when someone you care about, you look up to, just push you to that limit that you don't even recognize yourself anymore? Well, I it, and for me, that began at the age of seven because when when my dad spanked me that first time when he realized kind of what I was doing, who I was, all the spankings before that, it's like, I deserved them. I knew it. You get spanked. You know you deserve it. No big deal. That one, I knew who I was, so I wasn't totally sure why this was happening. And from that point forward, all I in looking back, it's like I realized I felt the rejection from him from that point forward. And and even through working with him and everything else, whatever I did was never good enough because I my interests didn't align with his. Um, I knew who I was, but I couldn't show it because I didn't know what would happen. And, and by the time I got out of high school, my confidence was not there. Uh, I didn't... I didn't talk with people because I already had that example of what happens if you tell somebody, if somebody finds out about this, if anybody else found out, it's going to be worse. And now it still isn't that great because I finally said the words to him a couple of years ago and his response to me was the most venomous um, nasty words I'd ever heard. And it's, it's like the words were bad enough, but you know how you can feel people's emotions in their speaking? That was it. And, and with him, the, the, the one piece of that story that I always like to talk about is how first he told me I, where I was headed and then he made a comment to me. And when he made that comment, he was sitting down and I envisioned him sitting there with a double barrel shotgun in his hand, both barrels loaded, cocked, finger on the trigger, ready to deliver his answer when I give the response he's expecting. And his, his words, what he said was, so I guess God made a mistake. And I just looked at him because I've known the answer to this almost all my life, I just looked at him and I said, God doesn't make mistakes. And there's nothing he could do. That was basically the last thing I ever said to my dad. 
we cross paths in church. I don't know if he's if he knows it's me or not. I mean, he sat down in front of me one day, but I have no idea. Um, I think that was just God's way of having a joke with me. But <laughs> it's like faith is my foundation. So I couldn't do this without faith. And that's how the doors got opened. That's because you're listening. A lot of us, we have higher power that's telling us. And I also posted this that I can't even count how many times. It's more than 10 for sure that I almost died. Always. Since I was two. Um, I was allergic to milk and they keep feeding me milk until I was skin and bones. Um, And then my grandma basically told the doctor to just take a hike and she's going to figure it out. And she gives me goat's milk and I was fine. She's just like, you dummy. She's allergic to milk, right? Um, (laughs) That was age two. I almost died. Uh, Age four is the same thing. Age seven, age 10. And then I came here at age 11 or 12. Um, And then I almost died five times, really, where my girlfriend said, hey, let's go to the beach. And I, some reason, five minutes before I went to the door, I had a really bad stomach ache. I canceled. And they all died in that car. And I had a tummy ache. Right. And then my I was burying my uncle on the freeway on the way to the burial and a, a truck literally sideswiped me and I flipped three times on the freeway on the opposite side. But my car somehow landed on the front. So I had dent on my roof and I keep driving. OK, I was 18. Keep driving to the funeral. And my dad's like, why do you have bloody whatever? And I was like, dad, I, you wouldn't believe what happened to me. And my dad's like, what did you not stop? Did you, I said, no, but the truck just kept going and I'm late for the burial. So I just came here and my dad's like, you are nuts. <laughs> um, cause I look and my heart was pounding. Right. And a couple of, you know, every single, every now and then, that's why I said, California is a crazy drivers here. Um, I always get a little nudge like, Hey CJ, you're still alive. Right. 2011. I almost died of ovarian cancer. I'm telling you, it's like God's giving me a chance to get your journey, your story out there to inspire people. Uh, Mary has a, a dying question. I'd enjoy seeing how to do submissions for storytelling. So when you get a chance, Susanna, let's go ahead and have those conversations and maybe post something for Mary for sure. Because I feel like we would do injustice just talking about it in two minutes. But keep that in mind because Mary is wanting to do uh, I'm sure storytelling uh, submissions. Peter's there. Congratulations on the book. And Pete says, that is so unfortunate. I feel for you. I don't know how parents can treat their children like this. Well, a lot of a lot of that, though, in terms of how we're treated, the biggest thing for me was understanding the importance of forgiveness and acceptance. Because I grew up in the 70s. So when I look back cognitively, I know what my dad grew up through. And even though he was not for the military, he was he was opposed to the military. He didn't want me going in. I was his saving grace to keep him out of the draft in the 60s. Mm. And so he grew up and, and with parents, a lot of it is how they grew up. So when, when you know where they came from, you know how they grew up, you know where their values are. And for some of them, it, it's just not changing. And, and he's, I doubt he will ever change. I'm not sure I'll ever talk to him again. 
but he's, I had to just accept who he is, forgive him for what happened. And then like, like we talked about though, too, it's like, this was part of my past and it's the butterfly effect. I won't give it up to get to where I'm at now. And, and I always talk about, I love the butterfly effect as, as written by Ray Bradbury in A Sound of Thunder. And I always have to qualify that one because the basis of the story is a change in the past is a huge change to the future, a change of any type. So if I went back and changed anything in my past, I'm a different person. And I can look at myself in the mirror now and I love who I see. I'm happy with who I see. I've got friends. And if I had changed anything in the past, no matter how small, I would be a different person. And I may not even like that person. So I'll so take the lumps. I'll take the bumps, the bruises, the lumps, the pain I went through, because it's all what made me me and that's why i can talk about reinvention and going beyond boxes and being your authentic self i've been there yeah and i like that you brought that up because i asked you actually i said hey how did we get to know each other i don't remind me because i'm bumping in everywhere right just like when you were talking about in raquel's conversation about you don't have any regrets and anything in your life that you would change a lot of people goes oh when i'm young i wish i did this before no regrets, guys, no regrets. Because if you changed a slightly anything in your life, you would not be here where you are today, right? And you are inspiring so many people today. I do want to bring up Stephen. Hello, Stephen. Oh, you we cannot hear you. You're you're on mute. Hold on. There. Still can't hear you. <laughs> All right. One All more right. time. There we are. All right. Hello, everyone. Is this better now? Yes. Yes. All right. Thank you so much for having me. How are we doing today? Good. How are you doing in your car, sir? Uh, <laughs> doing great. You caught me literally at the right time. I'm taking a break at my uh, daytime job. Uh, but this this is pretty awesome. Um, just love seeing both of you share the same stage and a happy International Women's Day to both of you. Thank Thanks. you. So, Stephen, can you tell me, I know you have told me, but Susanna doesn't know, what mm -hmm. type of things have you done recently that kind of reinvented who you are as a person? So, um, for, so for starters, I've been a lot more intentional about who I interact with, um, what the type of information that I consume on a daily basis and just thinking more deeply about what drives me. Um, a perfect a perfect example is my work at the library. For those for those of you who don't know, I um, I I work a daytime job um, and also a side job at, um, at a library, and that's and that's what I use to like fill in any gaps that um that are that are left during uh, during my during my day to day and um 
I just believe in the power of books to inspire um, inspire generations, people people of people of all ages. You know, and and in honor of International Women's Day, guys, I actually I actually purchased a children's book that was written by one of my author connections on LinkedIn. And the library does not know about this, but when I go in, after it arrives, I'm going to surprise them with it. I'm going to bring it to their attention and let them know why it belongs in our collection. Best case scenario, it circulates and everything is fine and dandy. Um, and that would and that would be that would be my first um, LinkedIn author book um, in, in our collections. However, as a as a backup plan, if the, even if even if they decline, I'm um, I'll be giving it to to one of my coworkers who um, who is who is expecting grandkids in her family because the book because the book is liter is literally about um about work uh, working mothers mm. um so i took advantage of of the occasion being that it's international women's day so i so this so i'm so i'm supporting so much on so many different levels with um I'm supporting a um, a diverse author, Asian um, Asian American to to be specific, a, a female author, and also working mothers. So this is really what this is really what I'm all about. It's just grabbing opportunities, but like by the horns that align with everything I believe in. What about Susanna's story that gravitated you to like? Okay. Reinvention is so amazing. Reinvention is something that we all wish we could, but we don't even know that we're doing it every day, right? And so Santa's story is so near and dear to me because I'm a sensitive person. And when she was telling me this story, my heart keeps sinking down and I had a huge lump on my neck. And I couldn't tell Susanna, like, I'm not going to cry, Susanna. You don't even know who I am. And, you know, I was just, that was in my head. I was like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And my my eyes were like tearing up. And I'm like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because I love the story that she said. But at the same time, it's her journey. And I want to give the last opportunity for Susanna to let our watchers, our team replay also, um, know, Susanna, if you were to create a project, you have an opportunity to have a project, what would it be and why? I've had a couple of different ideas for projects. Um, the one I'd probably run with first is, is just putting an event together, having kind of like a retreat for, for women to find those ways to, to get together and start breaking down those barriers. And some of it, some of it would include even putting women together who are totally different may not agree with each other and it, it's, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a commercial that i i've seen where they took two different people they they show this blurb at the beginning and then they bring them into a room and they put something together and they work together they don't know who each other is and then they show this 
this telltale video at the end. It's like, this person wants nothing to do with that person according to the video. And then now there they are standing next to each other. They've connected over things that they don't know the differences because it's helping people realize these things that you think is such a big deal for a difference, it doesn't define the person. And so getting women together to realize that this doesn't define whatever it is, it doesn't define them in total. It's a piece of who they are and they can put as much or as little stock on as they want because when you own these aspects, it's like me now, I will own being trans and that means I get to control how much I talk about it. I get to control when I talk about it and I get to use it as just a piece of my posts. So I try when I write my posts or, or I do a video, I try to make sure that I only use it as the bridge in the story. And so that's the advantage of a retreat is getting people to start seeing their stories, start letting the walls down and accepting that people are more than X, more than P, more than M. It's like, it's, it's everything. And it's all of this that makes the person the person, but being able to see each other at their core that's what matters. And if, if you could have a retreat where women get to see who they are at their core and they'll find out there's, they're probably a whole lot more alike than they ever thought. And when I went through this, the one thing my spouse said is she never saw me change. She could look at all the photos that I gave her once it started. She's like, you haven't changed. You are still the same person. Our core doesn't change. And, and that's, that's where we connect with each other is at the core. That's where we should connect. Yeah. If women could get together and take that lead of this is the core. We don't care about what you're trying to tell us we should or shouldn't do. This is the core. Let's be together and let's move forward. I love it. It's so perfect for, for International Women's Day. Um, I am going to have a global summit in October 11, 12, and 13. It is, I'm hoping, six continents. I can't somehow always can't get seven continents. Guys, if you're listening and you are in Iceland, please DM me uh, anywhere in that region. Uh, my my uh, podcast and 16 distribution channels is still on six continents. Um, and also the global summit that I'm putting in and I'm looking at speakers, I'm like, man, they're only on six continents as well. I need to complete this circle. But I really appreciate you actually sharing your story because that is something super personal that you write. You are in control of it, right? And you are intentional of what messages that you actually want people to see and know who you are at your core rather than you're in the box because of this, 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 and that. And I really love that message. And I love that ending of that message. Um, Paul said, when you take people out of their comfort zone, you find out who they truly are. Yeah. Some people are very um, secretive. Uh, I'm okay with that. Some people don't like other people. I'm okay with that too. Um, 
And you just have to be comfortable, but you can't complain about your situation if you're not doing anything about it. That's all I'm going to say, right? Because if you want change, you have to change yourself. You can't expect people to change you or you changing others. Believe me, I've tried with my husband 20 years, like <sighs> socks. I put a basket right here. He puts the socks outside the basket. I put the basket near him. So he, all he has to do is kick his socks and he literally... No, no, the socks is still outside the basket. I gave up. I just tell my kids, can you pick up your dad's socks? And they're like, mom, I'm like, no, seriously. I, I, this conversation's over. It's been 20 years. He's just not going to get it. I'm so over this conversation. But I am so loving it. Steven, thank you so much for coming in. Kat says, hello, Steven. It's great to see you. Oh, um, Paul and Steven, if you guys are not connected, connect. If you guys are not connected with Susanna, please connect. Any last minute thing that you would like to tell our audience, Susanna, in terms of reinvention? I think one of the more important things on the reinvention is letting it bring your authentic self out. That's, that's all part of that going beyond boxes is you reinvent and you let your authentic self out so that you can, you, you're not just showing yourself, you're showing the world that you are so much more than anybody ever thought you were. Thank you for that. How about you, Steven? Any last minute thing you'd like to share? Honestly, not, uh, not too much else to add. I was, I was just going to say that it's never too late to, Try new, try new things, and fail forward. That and that's really how I'm progressing right now. It's just that. That's so amazing. You're right. Just keep going forward. Thank you so much, guys, for both having me here. Um, I like to do that. By the way, when I have live, anyone in, on LinkedIn like message me. I'm like, you're it. Tag, you're it. Come on over. Um, so if I'm on live and you're like messaging me, just FYI, you might be invited on the live and just giving you the link. That's what I did with Steven. He didn't know he was coming in. But I'm like, oh, he's here. Seriously, seriously, seriously per perfect timing. The universe brought us all together. So Always. thank you for having me on. Yes. Thank you so much, both of you. Susanna, we are going to continue this collaboration. We have a lot to do. I appreciate you so much. Shout out to Janice, Mary, and all my team replays. Dr. Pete is here. Paul, you're next. It's going to be probably tomorrow. Um, so tune in for that. I will see you guys in a little bit. Thank you so much for watching us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to my podcast today. If you have any questions, email me at lua at levelupbydocleland.com. Lua, L-U-A-B-Y-D-O-C-L-E-Y-L-A-N-D.com. It's open for consultations and courses will be offered soon. I will see you in my next episode. Stay connected, informed, and inspired. Until next time.